educates, syncopates, radio communicates, radio, the sound of year-round pleasure. Greetings, Orphan Annie fans, and perhaps, I don't know who the hell Orphan Annie is, but I'm curious, fans. This is Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, with your oldie host, yours truly, John Lovering. Now, I received a request from a large number of fans. How many requests came in, Kevin? Two. Twenty-two? No, just two. Oh. Okay, well, we have a couple of samples of the names who came in requesting an an orphan... What? Only one! Well, my engineer Kevin indicates a minor miscount. We had one request for my Mr. Bob Apple from... Where is he from, Kevin? He doesn't say. Mr. Bob Apple from He Doesn't Say. What state is Doesn't Say in, Kevin? I don't know. He doesn't say. Okay, so uh, anyway, Mr. Bob Apple requests to hear more of Little Orphan Annie, and Kevin from Doesn't Say, uh, your request is uh, granted. No, wait a minute, it's Mr. Bob Apple from uh, You Doesn't Say, wherever that is. Your request is granted. On this track, ladies and gentlemen, you will hear two back-to-back episodes of Little Orphan Annie starring Shirley Bell as Annie in this 1936, just the second year of its eight-year run, as Annie. Annie was an adventure-seeking little girl with her dog, Sandy, and often the help of her long-lost but finally found father, Daddy Warbucks. And she became involved in many exciting escapades for 15 minutes each weekday. Each Little Orphan Annie show opened with a theme song that became almost as famous as the show itself. After you hear it, you'll probably be like me. I'm not sure why, but it, it did. Orphan Annie was like the uh, major after-school pastime of children during the Depression years of 1935-39. to 39. The series began on NBC Blue, later to become ABC. The premium in this show is related to Ovaltine chocolate milk mix. It is the famous Little Orphan Annie to go to pin. In 1936, the pin was badge-shaped with a secret compartment, and each show featured a special code that listeners could decipher with that little decoder pin, later to become a decoder ring. The holiday film A Christmas Story, written and based on Gene Shepard's childhood, had some great scenes involving the decoder ring and the main character, Ralphie Parker, who decoded be sure to drink your Ovaltine message. In reality, the messages were usually something about the next episode. The two episodes you're about to hear, well, first of all, Annie is going down to watch a new bridge being built in town, and secondly, she discovers that the bridge is being built with second-rate logs. Someone is making money by charging for first-grade logs, but installing poor-quality ones and cheaper logs in the actual construction. Little Orphan Annie, for Bob Apple, from some town called Doesn't Say, and all of those of you boys and girls who did not write in, but are listening in to Heirloom Radio now. My name is John Lovering, and I am speaking to you from the magnificent 18-mile seacoast region in the state of New Hampshire, USA. State of confusion! Yeah, Kevin uh, just said I was in a state of confusion. That's funny, because there is no state name confusion in the United States, although there are some who are certainly trying to make that come about. But I digress. Here is Orphan Annie, and thanks for listening. 
We do appreciate it. Right, Kevin? Yeah. Oh, never mind. Here's the show. Then little chatterbox, the one with pretty auburn locks. Whom do you see? It's little orphan Annie. She and Sandy make a pair. They never seem to have a care. Few little she, this little orphan Annie. Bright eyes, cheeks of rosy glow, there's a store of healthiness handy. Might size, always on the go, if you want to know. Arnsess Sandy, always wears a sunny smile. Now wouldn't it be worth a while, if you could be like little orphan Annie. Here it is, 5.45 now, and time to hear more about the big new adventure that's starting for Orphan Annie in Simmons Corners. But first, if there are any of you boys and girls who don't like to drink milk, and your mother scolds you because you don't drink enough, don't forget what a wonderful help Ovaltine can be to you. Here's what you do. Instead of drinking your milk plain, ask your mother to let you have Ovaltine after this. Because Ovaltine turns plain milk into the keenest kind of a treat. So chocolatey looking and good, and it tastes even better than it looks. What's more, your mother will be glad to let you have all you want to drink. Because when you add Ovaltine, it greatly increases the food energy value of your milk. Besides that, Ovaltine makes plain milk easier to digest. So you're able to get the good out of all those nourishing food elements in every cupful more easily. Now that's something your mother may not know. So you want to tell her about it right away. Ask her to get you a can of Ovaltine at her drug or grocery store so you can start in drinking it this very night. And boy, you'll get a surprise when you see how good it tastes. And I'll bet your mother will be glad when she sees how many cupfuls you'll want to drink every day. And now, tonight's club night for all you 1936 members of Orphan Annie's Secret Society. And right after tonight's adventure's over, we're going to broadcast another secret message in Annie's Mystery Radio Code. So be sure and keep listening. But now, let's see what's happening to Annie. Yesterday, remember, Mr. Flint was trying to sell stock in the new bridge to Jake at the Emporium. But Annie convinced Jake he ought to think the matter over before he went into debt to buy stock. Well, here it is the next day after school, and Annie and Joe are walking across the snowy field toward the river to see the new bridge. And listen, Joe's talking. Shucks, Annie, it sure did seem good to get back to the old school again, didn't it? I'll say it did, Joe. Gee, the kids were awful glad to see us, weren't they? And I was awful glad to see them. And didn't Miss Clayton seem glad to see us, so? I'll say. She's an awful good teacher, too, Joe. You bet she is. Say, Joe, look. Look at what? Ahead there, through those trees. That old shack that used to stand on the riverbank. What about it? It's still there. I know it is. But don't you see? It used to be empty. It had all its windows knocked out and was sort of falling down. But now... Say, the windows are put back in. Somebody must be living there. Sure. There's smoke coming out of the chimney and... What's that? I didn't hear. 
It sounds like somebody crying. A baby. It is a baby. Look, Annie. Well, leap and leisures, you poor little thing. What are you doing crawling around out here in the snow? Gosh, it must be cold. Of course it's cold. Come here, Light. Pick you up my arms. There, you sweet little thing. Did you ever see a prettier baby, Joe? Gosh, it is pretty, Annie. Come on, Joe. We'll see about this. What are you going to do, Annie? I'm going up to that shack there and find out who this baby's mother is. The poor little thing. Come on. I'm with you. The idea of a poor little thing like this. Maybe they don't know it's out, Annie. Then they're going to know it. Shall I rap on the door? Yeah, rap good and loud. Come in. Come in. Come on, Joe. Somebody said come in. All right. Oh, good day. Good day. I see you bring me some of the wash, huh? A nice big of the bundle, too. This isn't any wash, lady. It's... Oh, my little Rosa. Oh, give me my little Rosa. Oh, my poor bambino, you cry. Oh, no, there, there, no more cry now. Your mama has you in her arms, close, so close. Where you get my little Rosa, huh? We found her outside, lady. Yeah, we... it was crawling around and outside. we thought... Outside? Oh, that wretched Cesare. So lazy he is that he no shut the door when he goes out. And my little Rosa, she crawl out after him. Oh, his brains, if he got any, I will spank him with my hand. You mean the baby just crawled out through the open door? See, si, see, si, what else? That lazy Cesare, he leave the door open and my little Rosa, she crawl away. Gee, I'm sorry, lady. For a minute, I was mad. Oh, Cesare. Oh, Cesare, he's my son, a big son he is. Cesare Renelli. Renelli? Say, Joe, I know who he is. It's the new kid we met in school today. Oh, Caesar. I know who you mean now. Ah, see, my Cesare, he go to school. Someday he be a great man. Here in America, everyone has a chance to be the great man. Maybe my Cesare, he be the president someday, eh? <laughs> I know who you are now, Mrs. Renelli, if you're Caesar's mother. We met him at school. Joe and I both liked him, didn't we, Joe? Shucks, yes. I thought he seemed like a swell kid. Ah, my Cesare. He's a very swell kid. He's a fine a bambino, even if he do leave the door open when he go out to get to the water, and so my little Rosa, she crawl out, huh? Water? Water, see. Oh, I wash the clothes if I don't have a water. How oh, much water I need. My Cesare, he bring it from the river in the pail. Now listen, I think he coming now. Hello, Mama. I got back as soon as I could. Oh, hello. Hello, Caesar. Howdy. Just wait till I put these pails of water on the floor. Cesare, what do you mean by leaving the door open? Your little sister, little Rosa, the poor bambino, she crawl out in the cold and she... Gee, Ma, I'm sorry, but when I left, my hands were full of those pails and... Oh, uh... these are two good children. They bring the little Rosa back to me. Not enough that I have all this wash to do, but I have to have a little Rosa brought in from the snow and the cold. I'm awful sorry, Mama. I didn't mean... Oh, oh, oh I know you did not mean, Cesare. A good boy you are. So much you help your mama carrying the water for the wash. Gee, mom, that's all a fellow can do to help make ends meet. Want me to put this water in the tub? Oh, no, no. You go ahead, Cesare. Enough of the water I have for today. You go out and play with your school at the mate. And they say they like you. Now go now. Out of from under my feet. All of you up. Well, if you say so, mom. <laughs> a million thanks. And Santa Maria, she thank you too for bringing my Rosa, my little bambino, back to me. And now you go ahead and play with my Cesare, a fine boy, and the washing I do alone. Someday a president he may be, huh? 
Now, out there with you. Out. I guess so we'd better go. Can I come back someday and see Rose and Mrs. Rinelli? Oh, see, see. And the little bambino by now, I guess so maybe she like you, huh? You come back. But now, you go with my Cesare. A finer boy, a finer boy. Gosh, Caesar, your mother sure likes you, doesn't she? My mama, she is a very fine woman. What she, she does? My family, we all work too, as my father Tony says, to make ends meet. What does your father do, Caesar? He works on the bridge. On the bridge? Sure. You mean the new bridge, Caesar? Sure. My father, he runs a steam bridge. This bridge, it weighs 30 tons. Jumping grasshoppers, 30 tons? Shucks, I'd like to see that bridge. Why not? The bridge is just down here on the riverbank. You can see it. Well, that's what we started out to do, Joe, was see the bridge. I know it. Come on, then. My mother, she says she does not want any more water for a time. She has enough for today's wash, so we can go and see the bridge. Come on, Joe. I'm with you, Annie. It is a fine bridge. My father says so. It is made of concrete. Concrete? Many bridges are made of iron and steel. There are many kinds of bridges. This one is concrete. Boy, I can hardly wait to see it. Beeping lizards, we must be getting awful close. Shucks, I'll say. Listen to that racket. One of those engines you hear is of my father's. Will it be where we can see it in a minute? Boy, oh boy. I never thought anything like this would be happening around Simmons Corners. Beeping lizards, Joe. Look at that. Boy. I never expected to see anything like that in my life. It's the biggest thing I ever looked at. Look at all those engines down there. Suffering sunfish, they're right down at the riverbed, dredging up sand and dirt. Sure, one of those dredges is on my father's. But what are they doing, Caesar? What are they digging up the river like that for? They're going to have piles in there. That means they're going to sink big concrete forests right down the riverbed. So they'll hold out the bridge. Gosh. It's sure awful busy around here. It wasn't at first. I guess you kids were away when the surveyors first gone. Yeah, we were in New York, Caesar. Well, uh, they've been working for months on this now. It's a beginning, as my father say, to take shape. Shucks, I'll say it is. You can almost see where the bridge is going to be. Well, what's that little house down there, Caesar? On the riverbank. Looking right out over the bridge. Why, uh, that's Mr. Strong's house. Mr. Strong? Shucks, who's he? He's the chief engineer of the bridge. He's an awful swell man, but that's not a house exactly. Not a house? No, it's an office. That's where all the business is done for the bridge. That's where all the blueprints are. And the plans that the chief engineer made for the bridge. Leaping lizard, Caesar. Do you know this Mr. Strong? Sure I do. My father worked for him on a lot of bridges. I guess he's just about as good an engineer as there is in the whole world. Boy, oh boy, I'd sure like to meet him. So would I. Well, why not? What do you mean, Caesar? Why not meet him? If you want to. Suffering sunfish? You mean we can really meet this big engineer who's building this whole bridge? Sure, I told you he was an awful swell man. He's getting a little older now, but he still knows all this to know about bridges. And if you want to meet Shucks, him... I'll say we do. You bet. Come on, then. I'll take you right up to the office, where you can see. You mean, Caesar, you know this Mr. Strong, this big engineer? Sure I do. Didn't I tell you my father worked for him for a long time? Shucks, Annie, come on. I want to see this man. Jumping grasshopper, so do I. I'll bet this Mr. Strong, this big engineer, is going to be swell. Come on, Caesar. Let's meet him. Well... 
Annie and Joe seem to have made some mighty nice new friends today, didn't they? You can see that Caesar is a real boy, too, and now he's going to take Annie and Joe down to see Amos Strong, the engineer of the big new Simmons Corners Bridge. And you certainly want to be on hand to meet him, too. Now, tonight's Thursday night, and that means club night for all you new 1936 members of Annie's Secret Society. So get your pencils and paper ready for an important secret message in Annie's 1936 Mystery Radio Code. Are you all set? First, remember, we give you the code key. Tonight's secret message is coming in the A13 code. Did you get that? A13 is the special code key for tonight's secret message. So write A13 down on your paper now so you remember it. And here we go with the secret message itself. First word, 19, 5, 21, 15, 2, 9, 6, 10, 8, 21. Second word, 13, 20, 20, 6, 23, 2, 1, 15. Third word, 13, 15. Fourth and last word, 17, 9, 6, 23, 14, 2. That's all, and that was another secret message in Annie's Mystery Radio Code. And all you 1936 members who have your super decoder pins and secret books can figure it out right away. Just set your super decoder at A13, the way I told you before I read the message. And it'll figure the whole thing out for you automatically. And say, if you haven't sent in for your 1936 membership yet and are missing out on all the fun of decoding these secret messages that are coming so often from Annie now, don't wait any longer. But get busy and send in right away. Especially since it's absolutely free if you're drinking your Ovaltine regularly. Remember, here's all you have to do. Just print your name and address plainly on a piece of paper. Then mail it in together with all of the thin, round aluminum seal from underneath the lid of a can of Ovaltine to Little Orphan Annie, Chicago, Illinois. Or if you live in Canada, mail it to Ovaltine, Peterborough, Ontario. That's all you do. And then Annie will send you the beautiful gold-colored super decoder pin and the new 1936 official secret book that lets you in on all the inside secrets of the club right away. So get busy and send in this very night. And don't forget, be here right on time tomorrow at 5.45 because I have a hunch we're going to see some excitement popping then at the new bridge. Until tomorrow at 5.45 then, goodbye. Little chatterbox, the one with pretty auburn locks. Whom do you see? It's little orphan Annie. She and Sandy make a pair. They never seem to have a care. You little she, this little orphan Annie. Bright eyes, cheeks of rosy glow. 
There's a store of healthiness handy. Mite size, always on the go. If you want to know, I'm Sess Sandy, always wears a sunny smile. Now wouldn't it be worth the while if you could be like little orphan Annie? It's 5.45 now and time to hear about Orphan Annie's adventures and all about Ovaltine, too. But before we hear Annie today, here's an important letter about Ovaltine that'll be mighty interesting to you boys and girls who've been home sick lately and find it a mighty slow business getting back to your old pep again. This letter came in from Mrs. Harvey Treaser, 1019 Lynn Avenue, Turtle Creek, Pennsylvania. And here's what she says. My daughter was very ill last winter. The doctor advised me to give her Ovaltine, and she's getting it regularly now. My daughter started to eat as she never ate before. She has gained eight pounds in the last two months. Before, she only weighed 36 pounds, but now weighs 44 pounds and is on her third can. We will always be loyal to Ovaltine, for it surely brought my daughter back to health. Well, isn't it great the way Ovaltine helped Mrs. Treaser's daughter? Just think, by the time she was on her third can of Ovaltine, she had gained eight pounds. She was eating like a trooper and getting right back to good health again. And so, if you've been sick lately and it's taking you so long to feel well that you're missing out on all kinds of fun, just remember that Ovaltine may be the very thing to help you. Because every single cupful of Ovaltine you know gives important minerals and vitamins to help build up strength and energy. So ask your mother to get you a can at her drug or grocery store right away. Drink it regularly every day, and then just see if you don't begin to pick up fast and become stronger and huskier than ever, just bubbling over with good old Orphan Annie Pep. And now, for our adventure. You remember yesterday when Annie and Joe went down to see the new bridge? They met Cesar Rinelli an Italian boy whose father, Tony, works at the bridge. And here are Annie and Joe now, standing on the riverbank, and Caesar's promised to introduce them to Mr. Amos Strong, the chief engineer. Listen to what Annie says. Leaping lizards, it sure going to be great meeting this big engineer, isn't it, Joe? I'll say. Shucks, anybody who could play in all this must be a great man. I never saw so many people working before all in one place in my life. Where'd they all come from, Caesar? Gosh, yes, there aren't this many people in Simmons Corners. Most of them come like my father from other bridges. They're called bridge builders. They go wherever a bridge is being built. Well, where do they all live, Caesar? They're buried down on the riverbank where the men live. They're married with a family, like my father, Tony. They find a little house or a shack somewhere. Bridge building is a fine work. My father says, once a bridge builder, always a bridge builder. Shucks, I wouldn't mind building bridges myself when it's as exciting as this. Maybe I'll get to be a big engineer like this Mr. Strong. Suffering sunfish, let's go meet him. Can we now, Caesar? Sure, Mr. Strong likes me. He say he likes all young people. Come on. Will he be in that little house there with the glass front? That's in the office. He looks down over the whole construction. We'll find him there if he's here today. Shucks. Aren't you even going to knock, Caesar? It wouldn't do any good to knock with all of these noises going on. Come on. Yes, well, what do you want? Ah, it's you, is it? Yes, sir, Mr. Hogan, it's me. I come to see Mr. Strong. Yeah, well, Strong's not here now. You can see that, can't you? 
Oyster Rofo and my house are always hanging around here getting in my way. I don't mean to get in your way, Mr. Hogan. I just wanted some friends Come of on my... out of here. Come on out with you. I'm busy. I ain't got no time to be wasting on a pack of kids. Outside, I said, outside. Yes, sir. We're going. Jumping grasshoppers. Who was that, Caesar? That was Mr. Hogan. He's the boss of the bridge construction. Boy, oh boy, he sure sounded tough. I guess he doesn't want us around here. It's all right. Red Hogan's bark is a lot worse than his bite. We'll just wait out here for Mr. Strong to come. Red Hogan? That's what a man call him. Shucks, it's no wonder. Didn't you see his hair, Annie? He could stick his head out the back window of a car at night and he wouldn't need any daylight. These <laughs> <laughs> are not so bad as he sounds. They say Mr. Flint put the whole job of construction in his hands. Mr. Flint has, eh? That's what my father says. Hmm. Say, here comes Mr. Strong now. You mean that big man coming up the bank there, Caesar? That's him. Gosh, he sure does look the part, doesn't he? With that khaki suit and that big leather belt. I guess I am going to be an engineer. I didn't think he'd be so old, Caesar. He's not a really old, Danny. That's just because he got a white hair and his face is so damp from being out in the open. See, before he started this bridge, he was building one down in Peru. Peru? You mean Peru, South America? That's right. Boy, oh boy, now I know. I'm half an engineer already. Hello, Mr. Strong. Well, hello, Caesar. I'm glad to see you. <laughs> Has your mother got those shirts of mine done yet? I guess she's ironing them now, Mr. Strong. I'll bring them over tonight. Oh, that's all right. No hurry, Caesar. On a job like this, I guess a clean shirt wouldn't stay clean very long anyhow. <laughs> Mr. Strong, here are two friends of mine who want to meet you. Uh, this is Annie Waterbox, and this is Joe Contest. Oh, howdy. I'm glad to meet you. Glad hello. to meet both of you. Hello, Mr. Strong. Oh, hello. Gee. Uh, come in the office, won't you? Got some order to give, and then we'll have a little chat. I'm always glad to meet children. Got two more back home in Texas. Fine, strapping youngsters. And seeing others, the next best thing to seeing them. Uh, come on in. Hey, hey, are you kids back here again? I told you to get away from here, didn't I? I told you. Ah, not you, Mr. Strong. I thought it was them kids come back to bother the life out of me. Yeah, it's me, Hogan. Kids, too. They won't bother you. Yeah, they're always getting under my feet. They... Well, maybe if you didn't look at your feet so much, Red, and looked at the stars a little more, you wouldn't be bothered so much. Say, uh, listen. Yes, sir? I don't like the way they're sinking those piles down there, number three pier. Yeah? Well, what's the matter with them? I just looked over the job, Red. And those logs are second-grade timber. They're not strong enough to hold up the foreman while the concrete hardens. Well, they looked all right to me. Well, they're not. I don't know where Mr. Flint got that timber. Everything in this job is supposed to be grade A number one. Somebody must have sold him a bad lot. I guess Flint knows what he's doing, all right. Well, not when he got those logs, he didn't. Now, I want you to go down to log pile, Hogan, and pick out good timber, understand? And then substitute it for that bad lot in number three. Yeah, but that'll run up the cost. Now, Flint won't like that. I don't care whether he likes it or not. This bridge is going to be built according to specifications, so long as I'm on the job. Now, you got your orders, Red. Go to it. All right. Only Flint won't like it. Well, right it. now, you're getting orders from me, not Mr. Flint. Now, hop to it. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, Hogan's a good Irishman. Yeah, but he's stubborn as a mule, and he take orders. What's the matter with a number three file, Mr. Strong? Uh, well, what do you know? <laughs> I forgot you kids were here all the time listening. <laughs> oh, it's just a bad lot of logs, Caesar, that I guess Mr. Flint must have got stuck with. Some smart salesman must have sold him second-grade stuff instead of first. 
You see that big heap of logs out the window there where Hogan's heading? I see him. Oh, yo, boy, that's a big heap, all right. Gosh, they're piled up high. They'd make some smash if they ever fell over. Well, we use those logs and sink and pile. Yeah, we sink them way down in the riverbed, you see. And then we build timber up around them and form till we got a hollow square the size of a house. Then we pump the water out of it and fill it up with concrete. That makes a big, solid block of pure concrete that uh, holds up part of the bridge. Gee. But the inferior logs, uh, second-grade stuff, might not hold the frame solid enough for the concrete to harden even. That would mean that that section of the bridge would be weak. And I've never built a weak bridge in my life. Shucks, I'll bet you haven't, Mr. Strong. <laughs> yeah, let me look at you, kid. I've been so busy. I... Well, what do you know? Annie, you're the spitting image of my daughter at home in Texas. <laughs> yes, sir. If I didn't know, I, I'd think it was my Annette standing right here before me. You see, sir? Looks to me as if you picked a couple of pretty good friends for yourself. You bet I have, Mr. Strong. Shucks, are you really from Texas, Mr. Strong? Oh, sure. <laughs> I used to be a cowpuncher when I was young, before I went to college and learned to be an engineer. Gosh, that's what I want to do, Mr. Strong. Uh, what? Be an engineer like you. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute, young man. I remember everything that glitters isn't gold. This job of mine sometimes a pretty tough business. Well, gee, building big bridges down in Peru and South America. Whoa there, whoa. Has my press agent been working? I told them, Mr. Strong, that you built a bridge in Peru. Yeah, I thought so. Well, kids, now, don't think it was all romance and picture stuff. That bridge was a mighty serious proposition. It was a railroad bridge. And it swung across a gully in the Andes Mountains that was a thousand feet high. Leaping lizards. How, how high? A thousand feet. And that's pretty deep. It was rough country, too. Rocket and jagged as the teeth of us all. Now, we didn't get help of the caliber we get here. They were mostly half-breed Indians, old Incas. But they were good workers. And we got the thing done after a time. Shucks, it must have been some bridge. Ah, uh, it was. A uh, handsome bridge as I ever saw. Steel net a cable swinging across a great gulf against the sky. I'm a little proud of that bridge. Well, it makes this one look, uh, well, I guess I'm not as young as used to be. A man has to take the jobs that comes across his path. Well, but I tell you, if you kids are interested in bridges... I'll say we are. You bet, Mr. Strong. All right, then. You come around to me someday when I'm not so busy, and I'll tell you a lot of stories about bridges you never dreamed. Will you jumpin' grasshoppers? Why, sure I will. Just now, I'm going down there by that log pile to see that Hogan picks out a mess of good timber. Uh, come in and see me some other time, will you? You bet we will. Well, so long, then, and see you later. Guy Caesar, he's the swellest guy I ever met. You bet. Me too. Mr. Strong is one of the greatest engineers there is in the whole country. I can believe that all right. You can almost tell that from the way he walks. Look at him going down the riverbank there out the window. Every step he takes is just like his name, Strong. Shugs, he told us, Annie, to come around and he'd tell us all about bridges. And you bet we'll come, Joe. I wouldn't miss hearing Mr. Strong talk for anything. Me neither. Look, he's down there by the big heap of logs now. I see him. Mr. Hogan isn't there, though, and he told him to pick out good logs. I guess Mr. Strong likes you, too. It was awful swell the way he asked us to come around. I'll say it was. What was that? It's a log pile. The logs that are rolling. Leaping lizards are rolling right down on top of Mr. Strong. Come on. He'll be killed. He's trying to jump away. Oh, that first log got him. Mr. Strong. 
Keep back now, all of you. Keep back, I tell you. Those logs may start rolling again in a second. That's all right. I help Mr. Strong. He's my friend. Now get back, I say. I don't want anybody else to get back. I help my friend. I help Mr. Strong. I'm coming, brother. I help with the tool. Leap in the lizard. Show away. Good boy, Cesar. Good boy. Mr. Strong. That's you, Tony. See, see. Get me out of here. All right, all right. crushing my leg. All right. All right, except for my leg, but I... I can't move. We get you out, Mr. Strong. We get you out. Then we see about this. We see who pushes these logs. What's this, Father? You say someone... See, see. Yes, Cesar. Someone pushes the logs down on Mr. Strong. Tony, he see them do it. Did you hear what Tony said? Someone pushed those heavy logs down on top of Mr. Strong. Who could have done a terrible thing like that? Luckily, Mr. Strong only hurt his leg, but he might have been killed. Looks as though we're going to see plenty of excitement around here before that bridge is built. But now, do you know why you hear these adventures of Orphan Annie every night? I'll tell you why. It's because the boys and girls who are real friends of Orphan Annie are drinking their Ovaltine every day. And that's the way they're helping to keep her adventures going on the radio. And if you like Orphan Annie and like to listen to her every day, you certainly want to prove it by drinking your Ovaltine, too. And by the way, when you fix your Ovaltine, be sure to add enough sugar so it will be as sweet as you want it. And boy, oh boy, what a treat you get. Because Ovaltine's all chocolatey looking and so good, you'll want to drink about a barrel full. And every single thing in it is good for you, too. So, if you haven't been getting Ovaltine, ask your mother to get you a can at her drug or grocery store right now. Now, you certainly want to be here right on time next Monday at 5.45 to see the exciting things that'll be happening to Annie next. Until next Monday at 5.45 then, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>